Hello, I'm Bada. I'm Carlo. And you're listening to VCR. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. So, I had an interesting uh, revelation over this 4th of July weekend and, and all that good stuff. I was going through some old movies, and then you had brought it up to, you were like, Vada, we need to do a tribute to one of the greatest actors ever. And I was like, oh, Humphrey Bogart, you know, all these other actors came to mind. And you're like, no, Ron Perlman. I was like, fucking A, Ron (laughs) Perlman. So today is a Ron Perlman. Today is Ron Perlman Day on the VCR show. That's what it is. One day we'll be big enough to declare our own days. Maybe, you know, <laughs> but not. until then, yeah, this is technically the second time we've celebrated Ron Perlman on the VCR show. It is technically, technically. This, is, this is the first time on this platform, but the second time we have celebrated that man, because uh, back in the day, for those longtime listeners, you know, Carlo and I had a YouTube channel called the VCR show before it was destroyed and uh, all content erased from the world. To yeah. protect Vada from the police, I guess. Something like that. Uh, I had to become a high school teacher and had to hide the evidence. And then, and then I fucking lost the password. So it's forever locked in cyberspace until I one day remember what that password might be. Yep. So, yeah. Some of, And there were funny bits in there, too. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, but one of them, which was not, it was not intended to be a joke. This is not a teasing a, an amazing actor and saying he's great, he's dumb. No, uh, we are both uh, fans of Ron Perlman's work over the many years since, like all the, like everyone knows the joke about like, not the joke, but like the comment that Samuel L. Jackson has been done is like always making movies. Like every he's every year he's got three movies coming out. Uh, he always makes movies. Or uh, Kevin Bacon, he's in so many things that you can play a game where no matter what actor you bring up, they're like, they're, mm-hmm. they're, you know, within six degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon. Another person who would be great for that game, which I would personally have more fun with, would be Ron Perlman. Absolutely. He's worked with, uh, worked with everybody. <laughs> he, he does, he, and he, uh, he is a, at once little known and very popular character actor. It's odd because people, uh, I, I meet people and I'll talk glowingly about Ron Perlman pretty often. And people will just be shocked. Like, I, I don't really know who you're talking about. And then I'll bring up one or two of things like, oh, that guy the, the big face. I'm like, well, don't be, be fucking nice to Ron Perlman. Don't subscribe. Yeah, like Ron Perlman has brought us so much joy. Don't be an ass about it. You know? Yeah. And likely some of you listening right now probably don't know off the top of your head who Ron Perlman is, which is weird because, again, he's worked for he's, he's uh i think 71 if i'm not mistaken and, and the truth is they probably do you know ron perlman they just don't they realize that they know ron yeah. perlman so to give you the biggest clue as to who ron perlman is uh one of his more famous roles is he is hellboy in the original hellboy movies uh that is ron perlman right there but yeah. he's done so much more than hellboy but that's what so many people you know kind of think of it's kind of like being harrison ford harrison ford has done so many iconic characters but everyone goes back to han solo you know i guess that that, yeah that would be the thing for ron perlman is your hellboy it was was his most like um 
Hollywood thing because he would he just does stuff that he's interested in. There are also plenty of people that be like, oh, he's from the um, oh, what was the motorcycle club show? I, I'm so bad at Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Sons of Anarchy. That, that people are like, oh, he's a guy from Sons of Anarchy. Um, for the gamers in the in our audience, uh, all I have to say is war, war never changes. That's as deep as I go, which is like one fifteenth as deep as his voice is. But I kind of try. Let me try. <clears throat> War never changes. You gotta say war twice. Twice? You have to say war is. It's war, dot, dot, dot. War never changes. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's very specific. War. War never changes. Right. Unless you're uh, under the bomb it. when it's dropping, then it's a whole other game. <laughs> yep. Which is the entire purpose of the Fallout video game series, which from way back when in the 80s, uh, he was. He says that line to kind of set you off on this adventure of uh, of the Fallout series, and they have brought him back every single time. They always bring him back to kind of reintroduce you to that world, because uh, his voice is iconic, his face is iconic, um, but he himself as a performer is a brilliant character actor. He can play anything. He do you need really a monster? Can. Do you need a, a, um, a child in a man's body? Do you need a hero? Do you need a lover? Do you need the bad guy? Do you need whatever role you need? Do you need a prehistoric man? Do you need a devil on the side of good? Mm -hmm. um, do you need a lion, be uh, Beauty and the Beast, a lion man from Beauty and the Beast? He can play anything. <laughs> yeah, he really can. He's just an amazing actor. And with that, let's let's do this uh, uh, right, shall we? Let's jump sure. into a little bit. Of the man known as Ron Perlman, one of our one of our idols, clearly on this show, but Ronald Francis Perlman, an American actor, for those of you who have not picked that up yet, has had a filmography that would just blow your mind. And I, I know one of my first exposures to Ron Perlman, and and he had already been acting. For before this but one of my first exposures is growing up he did a tv show in the 80s that was based on uh beauty and the beast i don't know if uh do, carlo do you remember that show it was, it was uh very vaguely i remember like uh in the in the late nineties, I think I watched reruns uh, on mid nineties. I was watching reruns of it on the Sci Fi Channel, mm -hmm. shown out of order, just randomly. I would just see it, find an episode, and it was, and I would be confused. Like, is she like a detective or a lawyer or something? And they're kind of in, she has a boyfriend, but they're kind of in love. They yeah, it's, it was a really weird series. I think that's what kept people so interested is because of the weird dynamic between. Uh, and the name of the series is actually called Beauty and the Beast, and it's a it was a modern version of the Beauty and the Beast story, where Juan Perlman plays, of course, the Beast, as we all famously know that character. But uh, the Beast had a name, and it was Vincent, and he had a love interest who was an assistant district attorney, played by Linda Hamilton, and. Yeah. What ends up happening is that there's this hidden underground world under the sewers of New York in which Ron Perlman takes care of or Vincent takes care of. 
and somehow i don't remember how it happens but the i think she gets lost or knocked unconscious and they bring her to him and uh she fall he falls in love with her and she eventually falls in love with him and then the whole episode other episodes are them being in love with each other but she's conflicted because he can never be part of her world you know that type of bullshit <laughs> wrong disney reference but yeah yeah totally uh totally wrong i know that but i'm just you know evil empiring it here so uh <clears throat> you know it, it becomes a very complex relationship the fact that he's also not human exactly either yeah. so it, it's really weird and it w this ran from 1987 to 1990 something and it was it was very interesting i think there's a lot of hidden innuendos in there especially with uh with that time period you know he was a different person than what she was you know yeah. uh, which i think also spoke to some of the hidden racial issues back then as well um, that is how they dealt with when they dealt with race in yeah. uh, late 80s and early 90s was only hire white people than have them uh, metaphorically be uh, <laughs> another race. Yeah, he's a beastie type of thing. He's a beast race or whatever they they had. But that yeah. that was Ron Perlman's uh, character, and it was actually a very successful show at the time. I remember a lot of adults loved it. Um, I was too young to appreciate it, but that was my first exposure to Ron Perlman. But he had been acting well before that in in quite a few things. And one of the things, one of his first first movies that I didn't I didn't see this until you recommended it to me, Carlo. Uh, yeah. Years and years later, when we're doing the first of the VCR show on YouTube. Uh, in 1981, he does a movie called Quest for Fire. All right. Yeah. Uh, Fascinating. It was. Experience of a movie. It I think really is a way was. to describe it. It is prehistoric man on this trying to find, uh, as though it were a mythical, magical thing, trying to find fire. Yeah. Um, and it, it's really cool because, I mean, really, the, the whole plot of the movie is in the title but <laughs> yeah but the truth is it's brilliant because not only are they prehistoric man trying to find fire but it is all silent and, and not is, silent in that there isn't music uh like uh there isn't music playing and there isn't sound effects uh or there isn't there isn't them trying to communicate it's just this is a prehistoric time they don't have language yeah they are, you know they're not that far from animals so it's grunts nods pointing mm -hmm. like this urgent need to communicate with no and it's believable like it, it's, it really was you oh forget it was so easier good. with uh ron perlman because he's such a great actor and he's he, he's he's got a hell of a face folks um, he's got he's got a striking face. Um, they they prosth prosthetic him up to be like I think he comes across as more, um, Neanderthal. Yeah, like Neanderthal, uh, compared to the others who are like clearly early man. He he'd see and he plays it that way. He is far more gorilla esque in every little pose, and you can see all of his classical training, um, and mime work that 
that he has uh, to put into this like more bestial, animalistic, uh, early man character in, in the show, in, in the in the film, and it's it's it, an experience. It's it, a really it cool really watch. It is. It, I, I, you know, sometimes me and Carlo were either on opposite ends of a movie or we're right on it, but we're not as excited as we are right now telling yeah. you about this movie yeah. <laughs> because it really was brilliant. And Ron Perlman does this amazing job as, you know, he doesn't speak. Yeah, there are grunts, you know, it'd be like mm-hmm. me and Carlo going, uh, 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 and trying to explain, you know, this movie by uh, uh, that type of thing. But it was so masterfully done. And it was the adventures that they go on to try to find fire, which I know some of you might be thinking that sounds stupid, but you got to think in the sense of prehistoric man, before they knew what the fuck fire, like now we just flick a lighter or turn on the stove. But back then when you didn't know what it was or how to get it or how to make it, you know, that was a really, I'm sure that was a big go on a quest. It's, it's It's like the, it's like the first, myth the invention of basic technology is like is almost um the search for the holy grail for them yeah exactly with that reverence it is prehistoric it it, it, no literally is prehistoric man's search for the holy grail is that search for fire not the wheel for fire uh so it was it was absolutely brilliant ron perlman is in it he actually got this is his first movie and he got a nomination for this which was the uh the genie award which is a canadian award for best actor or best performance by a foreign actor so he was mm. already nominated uh by a whole not not the academy awards here in the u.s but in canada they're like yes please shut up and take our award you know yeah. <laughs> You were that good, and he really was that good in that movie. I mean, I kid you not, he was just brilliant in that movie. So after he does Quest for Fire, he jumps into a couple other movies. Uh, this next one I don't know, so I'm not going to spend any time on that. But the the one after that is one that I was a big fan of, and I was all kinds of talking to Carlo about it before we <laughs> before we even did this. Uh, so he in 1984, he does the movie Ice Pirates. Carlo, is that something you're familiar with? That sounds familiar. It but... sounds like I should know it, but I, I just, I don't know it. Um, yeah. uh, maybe, maybe, you know, someone, one of our fans can tell us. But then we jump yeah. into a movie that I was really excited about uh, back in the day, and I saw it probably in the late 90s, uh, was Mm. The Name of the Rose, which was a really interesting murder mystery back then. It was this abbey where the monks are dying, and, and the only clue that they have is that their tongue is turning black, and it stars a very middle-aged Sean Connery, but a very, very young Christian Slater, and uh ron perlman is in this movie it's a great murder mystery because it's set like in the early uh centuries like you know we're talking like 15th 16th century so they have no modern technology and they're trying to figure out they're not they're not searching for prints they're not yeah they're not going to send it to the lab it's just no it's just huh okay tongue's black 
let's pray about it. No, okay. <laughs> because it's an Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm joking. Uh, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where, the, where Sean Connery is this lead monk who has been sent to investigate what is going on at this Abbey. And Ron Perlman is part of this group. And it's just really, really a great murder mystery. I'm not going to, I'm not going to ruin it. Yeah, don't spoil it, but yeah. Oh, but the thing that ends up killing them, fuck you. I did not see that coming. I did well, not see it coming. I was like, what the check fuck? Check it out. We'll see if you guys figure it out first. Uh, his job actually in it was to be a, a one of many, many times just slap a bunch of prosthetics on him. Uh, he is terrifying in that movie. Not terrifying, but he, like just the, the physical transformation. Like he's like he's this one tooth, like broken uh, creature of a man. Um, they did everything they could to be like as to get a oddly because you know they get they they hire him because of his face he's got this like massive square jaw he looks like a, he has a face that's carved from granite and they're always like all right so a bunch of rubber on him there we go <laughs> hide that face yeah no i mean because he's amazing because his ability to be placed into makeup and just take over that that character i think makes him like what you were mentioning earlier carlo was that gives him just that amazing ability to be just a great character actor, which makes him a huge threat because it's like you said, he can be the lead actor. He can be the character actor. He can be the supporting actor. You can put him in any category and he's amazing no matter what he does. So, you know, you have 1986, The Name of the Rose, which is one of my favorites, and I'm highly recommending it. Then he kind of, you don't hear from him again until 1992, where he does Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. And then he actually had two of them come out, uh, three in 1992 that, that came out. And one of them, me and Carlo, this is one of the first movies re-reviewed starring Ron Perlman on our original platform is the movie Kronos. Kronos. Kronos, which was really, really A really weird, weird cool oh vampire God. movie. That- were they vampires? I can't. Ish. I'm not even sure what the hell they were. Were they vampires? Vamp- <laughs> Remember when the, the a little bit of blood leaks on the floor and he like un- can't control himself, so he gets on on all fours and laps it up like a dog. Yeah, but it, it was. So it's like kind of kind of vampires. Uh, it's a device that grants you uh, a, 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 a device. The Chronos device grants immortality, but it doesn't absolutely take your soul away. Um, and Ron Perlman is uh, appears as. What's his name? His name was like Angel, or his, it was, I think his name was Angel. Yeah, his uh, name Angel is... de la Guardia. Guardia. Yeah. Um, but he is like the evil guy is heavy, and there's the like, he's he's like he's the big he could could just be the big guy to punch you, but he does a great job of having that just that presence of being. There's more to him than that, but there may may not even need to be, um, and it does start his. Uh, his career as a go-to actor for Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, because that, I was just going to bring that up. That was a Guillermo del Toro movie. And uh, I think one of his, I have to say, and I'd have to look at del Toro's filmography, but I want to say that's one of his first major movies that kind of come out onto the scene. And then, of course, it just gets nothing but better after that. But yeah, that was 
that was a strange move. I remember me and Carlo watched that. And then after the end of it, we're like, what the fuck was that? You know, <laughs> like we weren't exactly sure when we like, had just was finished weird. watching. I, was, I enjoyed that fuck out of it, but it was fucking weird. I was like, <laughs> what, what the hell is this? And the one thing I remember about Ron Perlman's character in, in that in that that in that movie like you said and you refreshed my memory he's kind of like a hitman type of thing hitman heavy mm -hmm. but he was obsessed with his nose so he was always carrying around nose cards and asking people what do you think about this nose what do you think? Nose, he was he was asking like the little girl what's your opinion do you think i'd look better with this nose or this nose i was like what what the fuck is happening here no. I was like, there's there's a monster and we're worried about our nose and I just like blowing my mind. Uh, but it was just a strange movie. And it's I'm not gonna no. say it's a Halloween movie, but it's something that you could watch just this like what the it's a good what the fuck movie is what I'm gonna say. Oh <laughs> uh, it's very interesting. It was <laughs> Uh, he does something in 1993, which I'm surprised, uh, but he plays, this sounds like it could be a made-for-TV movie, I'm not sure, but he is in the movie The Adventures of Huck Finn, and he plays Papa Finn in it. So, uh, that one. he does that, and this, oh no, the actual, oh holy shit, this is Disney's version of Huck Finn, The Adventures of mm. Huck Finn, so... Uh, he is in that as the father. And then I don't a lot of voice know. acting. Huh? Then there's a lot of voice acting. No, no, this uh, this is a this is a live action one that he did. Oh, I'm sorry. You meant like in general. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, like this is where he like he starts getting big in voice acting. Uh Legend of Prince Valiant, Batman the Animated Series as Clayface, uh many times over. Uh he's on the cartoon show Bonkers, which is a very weird uh old like uh very, there was a, a cartoon bobcat and he wanted, it became a cop it was like a weird it felt like a weird um toothless sequel to who framed roger rabbit like what if there were no repercussions again but uh, but cops and cops and robbers and tunes but it, he was on that one he was on the animaniacs uh so he just he just started like getting by on his voice for a while which is pretty interesting yeah he even did uh, a stent um in scooby-doo which kind of blew my mind i think it's just the yeah. one thing uh he did a cartoon version of hellboy because of course that's what he's famous for as well so he did that for a little bit um but he's done so many different voice things now i didn't i don't think i realized this he was in one of the police academy movies oh well I, yeah I don't remember that though, but he was in one of the uh, police academy movies. What kind of one of the later mind. ones when I don't, I don't, I, I didn't see. <laughs> yeah, but this man, this man has a filmography I cannot even. I mean, he's in Star Trek Nemesis. He's he's just, of course, Hellboy and so many others. Um, I, I can't even begin well, to to name all these things. Oh. Uh, but the Alien Resurrection, Fallout, uh, the Fallout games, uh, where else is Mortal Kombat cartoon, the Godzilla cartoon. Uh, he, he appeared in Superman the Animated Series. 
uh, Men in Black in series, this cartoon, like a, a like over and over again, like his voice appears somewhere. Like it's it, this is why, like I said, like you know him from something, something you yeah. have absolutely you loved. Know this. Either a quiet little dark horse thing that no one else loved but you, or you were uh, you were into Charmed. Yeah, well, he was in an episode of Charmed. Like it doesn't matter what you were into at one point or another. Something he did uh, has has crossed your path before. Yeah, it's and, and inevitable. Lately, he's done in 2021 this year. He was in the he did a voice in it uh, for Pinocchio. Ah, uh, so he's doing that, and he's also at saying it for. And this is coming out in 2022. Apparently, there's another Transformers coming out uh, called Rise mm-hmm. of the Beasts, and he's playing Optimus Primal, not Prime Primal. Yeah. So this is in the filming stages right now. So this man just can't quit, won't quit type of thing. Yep. Uh, Teen Titans Slade. Yeah, it's like video, he has a video game career that is just out of this world. Uh, video game Batman and Robin, Clayface, like as in also the cartoon mm-hmm. series, uh, Fallout Boy 1, Fallout Boy 2, uh, Fallout Boy something else, Batman, The Rise of... Uh, Sinzu, something like that. Yeah. Um, he has been he has been Batman. He has been Bane. He has been Killer Croc. He has been Clayface. Uh, I think more. He's in Halo. He is in Gabby's Lordhood in Halo. He is, he is in the, Justice League Hero video games. Hellboy Sons of video Anarchy, games. More re- a little more recently. Yeah. Well, no, I was focusing on the video games right now. So these oh, right are just, now, just the gonna, video yeah. game stuff that he's that he's part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the team, the Teen Titan video game, um, Jesus Christ, this is the Tamcom Clancy video game, Tangled video game, uh, Family Guy video game, The Quest for Stuff, Family Guy, The Quest for Stuff, Call of Duty, Black Ops 2, he's Floyd Campbell, for those of you who know who that is, because I don't. The Lego video game, Jesus Christ, this man! Oh my God, he has a stage career too, Carlo. Oh yeah, he was, he was huge. Yeah, he was huge on stage. He's actually more of a like, I think he thinks of himself more as a stage actor because he was classically trained. Um, but then he started getting the heavy roles in the uh, action hero movies, and people forgot like that's originally where he comes from. He was originally a stage actor. He yeah. uh, there was a, a quote of his. Um, what was it? But it was something about like all uh, theater has become like uh, sitcoms. People are doing sitcoms on stage rather than theater. You go to the theater and it's as if you were watching a sitcom on eight, at eight thirty on Channel Four. Right. But his Just... his <laughs> stage career is pretty good too. He's done some decent stance it, yeah. Uh, he's done Sunset. He has done A Few Good Men. A lot of people forget that A Few Good Men was actually a stage play before it became a movie. Um, he, he's done tons of theater, which just, wow. Good for him. Likes this to man is just like... Yeah, respect it. Yeah, totally an amazing actor. Like, I cannot complain about this man's career. And it, it's, like I said, it's super versatile stage movies television voice acting voice acting in video games like uh 
if anything, Ron Perlman should be an example for inspiring actors. Like so many, and me and you ran across so many actors who were like this, Carlo. They're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I'm going to make it so big and I'm going to be on film and I'm just going to do movies and like, go fuck yourself. Uh, and uh, they, they forget you need to be versatile because at some point your career may end in one of those genres. Yeah. And you have to have a backup idea, which a lot of them is the voice acting, you know, Oh, uh, it's sure. kind of like, I, I forget his name, but on Gilligan's Island, he played uh, Mr. Howell. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Thurston Howell III. Thurston Howell III. But he, he was, was also uh, Mr. Magoo. He was, yeah, that's the thing. He was the voice of Mr. Magoo. So after Gilligan's Island, he did a lot of cartoon series. Um, but he was a famous actor because he, he was even in Rebel Without a Cause. He was James Dean's dad in that one. And it was so good. He, he was just an amazing actor. But at some point, they stop knocking on your door to do the film stuff. And then it's like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Yeah. You know, I think... Either you, you, either you, you find more work for yourself, you make more work for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something like he does. He finds work. And he oh God, yeah. started a production studio, I believe, called A Wing and a Prayer. Um <laughs> To make like to to make stuff, so he's he's still making stuff even when he himself is not in front of the camera. The so. the guy is absolutely brilliant. He respect is respect the I gotta respect yep. that. I mean, yeah. Jesus, I've never seen a filmography like this where it's like this man just does everything, opposed to like you know you have actors who just like I just do stage work or I do film work. I don't do anything else because I'm too or I only do, I only play this kind of role. This, yeah. this kind of I, I can't do that. I do these kind of roles. Like, well, that's weak. Yeah, and he <laughs> and he can clearly do any fucking role. And that's that's kind of an amazing thing about this guy. Is like his his career says, hey, he can do just about anything. Yeah. You know, and he is he himself is a fascinating person. Uh, one of the reasons we we liked him that we mentioned way back when on the on the other VCR show, um, avid and responsible cigar smoker. Uh, not a like kids should be doing this it's cool just like no if you're an adult and you like a cigar and you should enjoy a cigar um so a lot of his characters smoke cigar smoke cigars too not all of them of course but some of them that make sense uh one of the like details they had they had with uh hellboy was him having cigars and him smoke and then in, in there was a great moment in the first hellboy movie where he, uh hellboy because he's smoking it like a 20 year old who doesn't who wants to look cool he lights it with like a bick or like with no, he lights it with not with a big with a um, no, well, he, a he likes it with a flip lighter, yeah, yeah, with a, like a zippo, which is bad <laughs> for cigars, but it looks badass. So he lights it with that, and they have like the one like he gets along with the superior officer, the cranky old man of the group, in one scene because he just walks, he's like, No, 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 what are you doing? And he takes it from him the whole time. He's always like taking stuff from Hellboy, like, You can't go outside, you can't have nachos, you can't have your girlfriend. He's constantly taking shit from him to like punish him. This is the one time he takes something to reward him. Because it's after he saves he saves that guy, so he takes it from him. He's like, no, 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 you don't do that here. And he lights a a, a match for him, lets it burn down, and lights it properly. Yeah. So like, here you go. You want to get the you want the wood flame. It preserves the flavor of the cigar. And it's this first time he's taking something in a way that is to to help him, not to punish mm. him. And it's just Del Toro's a good fucking writer. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a small scene, but Del Toro's a good fucking writer. We should do an episode about him. We, uh, he's we a good fucking to. writer, and he does that that little flip, and there's a little respectful nod of like, "All right, I'm willing to learn from you." Okay, I there's this is the this can be our relationship. 
and they still threw it all out a whole cloth for the next couple of movies but still, <laughs> for the next movie they're like we don't need that anymore we know yeah. how it is Moving it was on. it was just uh he was he was so so good in that character of hellboy it was like he was born to play that character type of thing but you know i could say that about quest for fire he was born to play that character too (laughs) he was born to play the the sons of anarchy gruff heroic type i think in real life too yeah now and Uh, and, which is interesting because he comes from very humble beginnings i mean not to cut you off or anything but mm -hmm. like i was i was reading a little bit about his early life and uh you know, he was he was born in Washington Heights in New York. His mother was a municipal worker. That's basically all it says about her. His dad was a jazz drummer and a TV repairman back in the day when you, you know, needed a TV repaired. You called somebody and they came out and they repaired it for you. Uh, he is uh, from Jewish descent. Uh, originally, his family is from Hungary and Poland. Uh Perlman had a bar mitzvah ceremony. For some reason, they felt like they needed to mention that. Uh, he says it wasn't a bad childhood that he's he Jewish. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says that it wasn't a bad childhood that he has. You know, uh, I was terribly overweight as a young kid, and I was sort of a low self-esteem image, self-image. You know, so uh, I think that kind of speaks to all of us. Uh, in, in so many ways, because no, fact, I, that's what speaks to me. <laughs> you know, you know, what? Who amongst us hasn't had that? Jesus Christ, I'm fat and I'm ugly, and I just, of course, yeah, I just want to do a podcast. And no one can see me. Okay. <laughs> um, but something that I have mad respect for here, um, he he has a master's in theater. Yeah, like I said, classically from, trained. Yeah, uh, the University of Minnesota, uh, where he graduated yes, with a master's in theater arts in nineteen in nineteen seventy three. Wow, this man just <laughs> I have just such mm-hmm. mad respect for him. Just yep. mad respect. Um, so that's 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 pretty impressive. He went to Liam College before that, which I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but it's L-E-H-M-A-N College. I'd, I've never heard of it. It's in New York. Don't know. I'm sure it's, you know, an amazing college. I don't know. Obviously, it must be. It helped launch this man's career, you know, um, but that's where you did his undergrad or his bachelor's work at and went on, did a master's. In, in theater arts i was like jesus christ so this isn't this isn't your average hollywood actor either because in all honesty most actors in hollywood that you're they're lucky if they have their high school diploma type of thing <laughs> you know not to be mean or evil but that's just true a lot of people like they they will graduate right after high school and like oh my god i'm going to new york and i'm going to blow up and then they don't you know so <laughs> Not oh. to not to shit on them, but the ones that did make it, a lot of them just have that high school diploma. Um, so he's one of the very few, I'm gonna say, that actually has higher ed before he blew up. So that's yeah. super impressive. Bravo, Ron Perlman, bravo. Oh, you, God are, damn you are an example for the ages. Here is a Vada golf clap for you. <laughs> Now, I have a couple of, oh, I think there's some like cool quotes of his. Cool. Because he has this like 
he has an inherent edge, although he is a trained actor. That's what he does. That's what he does. Um, and he he does see he makes no bones about like being in shitty movies and taking like, taking like and, and sometimes working for the paycheck. Um, and I've, I found a couple of quotes, some great quotes of his to this effect. Um, like there's uh, one he was once quoted as saying, "I've done millions of mediocre movies. I've done way more than my fair share. You do what you got to do." This is not heart surgery. I'm not curing cancer. I'm just trying to put my kids through school. And I respect <laughs> that. Just that is that is very honest. Very yeah, honest. It, it's nice to get paid for, uh, for to get paid for therapy rather than having to pay two hundred forty dollars an hour for it. Mm. That's how he sees acting like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's well, see. Kind of like in what the I was, name of the king. Sorry. No, it's kind of like what I was telling you. You know, this podcast is therapeutic for me. So you oh know, yeah, I totally get it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it's nice to just sort of like, I'm just going to talk about stuff until I feel better. Uh, even like in the midst of shitty things, like uh, uh, when he was in In the Name of the King, a dungeon siege tale in 2007, I'm doing weapons training for this piece of shit. Then I go to Romania to shoot another piece of shit, then come back to shoot my part in this piece of shit. What can I say? <laughs> my wife loves shoes. <laughs> oh my God. That's why well, I did it. Good for him. Good Let's see. Uh, yeah. Uh, fuck waiting for the world to change you. You start by change, uh, trying to change it. And if you are pure of heart and your intentions are good, you can't lose. Even if nothing happens, you can't lose. I think that's a nice... I like that one. It's a nice little, a nice thought to it. Uh, blessed are these storytellers because they can bridge oceans, marshal great forces, inspire and instruct, transcend all limits, transform hearts and minds. They can break down barriers and be the common thread for disparate human, uh, human disparate human, uh, humanities reaching across distant borders. Hmm. This is very wise man. Very funny. Very wise. Yeah. Very fascinating man. That's that's all I can say about Ron Perlman. Yeah. There's a lot of amazing stuff going on there with him. You know, so absolutely brilliant. Uh, Carlo, do you have, you don't have a game for this one or anything like that, do you? Or Trivia Pursuit or anything? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't find one because I, I can't imagine anyone. I couldn't imagine there being a, am I the asshole about Ron, a, a concern Ron Perlman? Other than if you bothered him, then you'd be the asshole. You would be an asshole. And you'd be an asshole if you asshole. said anything bad about Ron Perlman. You would be an asshole. <laughs> I, I have uh, I have one last quote, though, oh. about him being an asshole that I love him for. Hmm. And if I can sh if I can share that one. Okay. Yeah, uh, this appears on his Wikipedia page. Uh, Perlman has been a vocal critic of U.S. Uh, pre uh, failed U.S. President Donald Trump. Uh, on October 29th, 2016, Perlman tweeted, you hear that, Donnie? You're crooked, crooked as a motherfucker. His catchphrase is calling people a motherfucker. In reference to another tweet about the Hillary Clinton email controversy, subsequently on June 25th, 2018, Perlman tweeted claiming that he urinated on his hand, prying to shake her, shaking Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein's hand and follow the message by, I think about that, every time little Donnie opens up his KFC. <laughs> what? He was gonna meet Har he was gonna meet Harvey Weinstein, who mm -hmm. famous sexual predator that yeah. tried to get all get away with it because on on the count of I'm very old and I know Donald Trump, so you have to let me go. It's okay that I rape children. I I know Donald Trump, and it's okay if he does it, so it's okay that I do it. Mm -hmm. And that was like Harvey Weinstein's fucking case. And when Ron Perlman met Harvey Weinstein, went to the bathroom, pissed on his hand, and shook his hand. But well, I no, I got that part. I didn't get the KFC thing. Oh, because Dine doesn't wash his hands. Oh, 
So he definitely has pee on his hands from shaking. He has so he it's a transitive theory. If Ron Perlman pees on it on his uh, on his hand and touches Harvey Weinstein's hand, Harvey Weinstein, which won't be clean because it's dirty, his hands will be dirty when they touch Donnie's hands. So Donnie's hands are dirty when he eats his KFC oh. because he's a piece of shit and doesn't eat Popeyes, which is a proper cheap garbage fried chicken. You go to Popeyes, don't go to mm-hmm. KFC because that shit ain't fried, and they're not. And I don't even think they're based in Kentucky. So I'm not I don't real know sure if they're based either. in Kentucky anymore. That'd maybe they are. Maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe don't we know. need to do an investigative <laughs> report. You know, where is KFC actually from? Is it Kentucky? The current. Well, the colonel disavowed all. The colonel himself said, "I don't. That's not my chicken." No, but so the colonel disavowed KFC, and they, well, they officially but, go by KFC. They're not Kentucky Fried Chicken anymore. You want to know something interesting about the colonel? The colonel did not make a fortune off of KFC. Did you know that? The not colonel. Yet, yeah, he got ripped off. It was most actually it was mostly his fault because he refused and did not believe in stocks. Even his secretary had bought stock when KFC yeah. and she made millions. The yeah. colonel did not because he did just did not believe in that. So he ends he does get screwed, but he screws himself. I'm sure KFC screws him. That would be an interesting piece to do along with all the other weird stuff we're doing too. So sure. we got we so do many pieces. Do you, do you see how <laughs> podcasts work, ladies and gentlemen? We just ramble. And that's then how this boom. podcast works. Next thing, yeah, that's how this podcast works is yeah. we ramble and then boom, we have ideas and yeah. we're just- To be uh, fair, my first podcast uses like writers and actors and we had to make our own music and sound effects for everything. So yeah, but that was more of a that, that was, was more hard. of a show. That that was yeah, more that like was a hard. radio play. This yeah. is this this is in no way a radio play. <laughs> no. This is like this is like drive time television. It, yeah, like it drive, really drive is. Drive time radio. It, it it I don't I can't even say it's that. You know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. We could do that. It's it's like we could we could well, well actually we really could. And if any stations want to pay us, knock yourself out. We will entertain the shit out of you on that hour-long traffic drive on i-45 I, could, I, would love to, I would love to do uh morning radio i, I would record it all in advance though because i'm not getting up that early i would do morning drive time radio oh god we, news. next up we got the weather looks like it's going to be new weather uh hot and rainy all goddamn day and then following that we got a uh, we got the big prize number that's right if you call text to one five nine six five three five nine six five three now and say and type in the word imprisonment you can win five hundred dollars <laughs> And don't forget to follow us on our social medias. <laughs> it's Actually, a lot of like, all of the radios, uh, radio drivers, uh, radio daytime radio people, all of them tell you to like go to their podcast. Mm-hmm. Like go to our my podcast and uh, and when I talk about the time I met Guy Fieri and uh, get on our Patreon. Like they all of them have like the side gig <laughs> of like. <laughs> A okay. podcast was just a recording of them do their, their clips for the morning show in a podcast. And like, please, please listen to it. I can't do anything but talk weird on the radio and no one pays for that anymore. Right. It's like, <laughs> uh, go to our podcast and check out our YouTube channel where Ron Perlman came down and personally beat up Carlo and myself. <laughs> <laughs> just slapping around like that again. Yeah, like, wow. Sign this. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm sorry, Ron. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, if, I, if he broke my hand and but he signs the cast, I wouldn't be mad. I'm like, They're like, no, oh, I, I would totally like, <laughs> you know, like wouldn't even press charges. Just could you sign this for me from Hellboy? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's it's totally cool. <laughs> but uh, 
for our own self-promotion at some point, I think we should uh, play video games on Twitch because I think that's what people do now. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think I have a cousin who does that. I need to talk oh. to her. Like, not a close cousin, but I think I have a cousin who, who like, she every now and then she sends a follow me and it's it goes to twitch yeah. to play like video games i'm like okay uh, i'm not a video game person i haven't right. played a video game since like all, in all honesty when the first man junior yeah pretty much when uh, <laughs> uh, when the original atari came out i played video games there yeah. and then but you know about galaga <laughs> yeah a lot <laughs> Uh, so and then what like, we should do just like, to keep it on topic we should what we should do is when uh they're remastering fallout 3 and fallout new vegas which are both on the fallout series mm-hmm. which ron perlman of course starts the adventure off with war war never changes we should play some of that i'll do the actual shooting things in the face so you don't have to do any video game playing but you're going to make all the all the like uh moral decisions because the game is all about moral decisions everywhere you go like go here do a job and they're like all right do you shoot put a bullet in the in the little like farmhand the little ranch hands family's heads or do you help them fight these giant impossible to kill lizards oh god you don't want yeah. me in in moral decisions oh no the kill game the, the, the game totally allows for like no be an evil prick see what happens let's go ahead let's kill everybody and see yeah. how this ends yeah. <laughs> because it's 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 the apocalypse you can go like very early on they go like would you just become a cannibal because you can do that <laughs> It's like wow. fuck it, I'm a cannibal. <laughs> that is fascinating. Oh my god! See, like again, haven't played video games, have no idea what's going on. Yeah, you have no idea how weird it gets now. No, I have <laughs> how I weird don't. it gets ten years ago. <laughs> I, I watch my nephews do it, and it's weird looking at the vision thing, like because you're doing point of view, and I'm like, I, I, mm-hmm. I'm lost already. I'm lost and confused. No, what are you doing? <laughs> Ron Perlman, guide me out of this game. <laughs> Help me. Help me, Ron. Help me. <laughs> he shows up and just beats the shit out of you some more. <laughs> like, stop oh, calling stop me. Stop it, Ron. Stop. <laughs> oh, God. So that's our episode on Ron. <laughs> <laughs> we went a little off track at the end there. If, yeah. uh, listeners, if you can find out somewhere in there, we got a little off track, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, but we brought it back. That's, that's, we brought it back somehow. Yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> So if any of you out there have maybe a fanboy story, maybe you've met Ron Perlman or something, you want to share that with us, you know, definitely do that on our social media platforms. Carlo, what are our media platforms? You can reach us at Twitter or on Instagram at the VCR show. And if you want, you can email those stories to us to the VCR show at gmail.com. That's the VCR show at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Vada. I'm Carlo. And you've been listening to VCR. Bye-bye, motherfuckers. Remember, (laughs) need a clean space? Call a clean space for you in multi-services and ask for our friend Rachel. They can be contacted at 832-297-1704. Or you can email them at a clean space for you at gmail.com need some sweet treats for your next big event or maybe you just have a sweet tooth check out skippity cakes that's skippity cakes s-k-i-p-p-i-t-y-c-a-k-e-s dot com check them out for all of your sweet treat needs things such as cakes cupcakes and cake pops also check them out for their 
varieties of face masks, t-shirts, and coffee mugs. You can also contact them at 281-221-9703. That's 281-221-9703. Again, that's Skippity Cakes. Say hi to our friend Rosie for us. You've been listening to VCR, creative content by Richard Christopher Vada and Carlo Manuel Magana. The logo, created by Richard Christopher Vada, with assistance from Annie Ramirez. The theme song is The Messenger by Silent Partner and can be found on YouTube Music Library. You can follow us on our social media platforms, such as Twitter and Instagram, at The VCR Show. You can also email us your thoughts, comments, and concerns to thevcrshow at gmail.com.